How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Champions a bit. Uh, this is episode number 69. I am Kyle Edwards, of course. And what we're going to talk about today is day two of Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Uh, you know, we had three games yesterday. Got another three games today. So, another day of just sitting back, watching great football action. So, we will get into the three matches for today. But before that, do a quick, very quick recap of what happened yesterday, in case you missed any of the action. So game one was uh, Buffalo and the Colts. And as I predicted, it was a game that was pretty close throughout. I did think, you know, Buffalo might uh, pull away for a... you know, like a 7-10 to 10 type win. They ended up winning by 3. Um, I feel like for Indianapolis, it was kind of their season in a nutshell. Where, I mean, if you look at Phillip Rivers' numbers, you would probably say, yeah, he had a pretty good game. Uh, he threw for, what, 309. He had two touchdown passes. That's good. But if you watch that game... There were a lot of throws that Rivers missed where you feel like if you get hit on a couple of them, maybe the Colts would have had a chance to pull the upset here. And um, it's kind of the reason why, as I say all the time when I talk about Phillip Rivers, I'm not that big of a fan of his and why I feel like he hasn't had the playoff success that you might think he probably should have or yeah, I mean whatever just looking back at some of the players that he's played with because people forget when he was with the Chargers he did play with like LaDainian Tomlinson he had Keenan Allen he had Antonio Gates he had he had a lot of weapons in San Diego slash LA but it always seemed like when he got to the playoffs he just never were, he's never was able to get that talent over the hump and make a Super Bowl appearance. Now I get it. He did play a lot of his career alongside Tom Brady. And, you know, Brady did make a lot of AFC title games as well as Peyton Manning, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. And um, I mean, I guess basically those three kind of carried the AFC representation a lot of the years that Phillip Rivers was there. But I do think for all the hype with Phillip Rivers and how he's viewed kind of amongst quarterback ranks that he should have been able to, you know, make his way into at least a couple Super Bowl appearances, I think. 
But that's neither here nor there. So he, along with the Colts, their season ended. And now the question becomes, what does Philip Rivers do from here? Does he come back for another year? Does he hang it up? Who knows? Um, you know, the running backs, they had a good day. And as I said, they were going to be the probably focal point for the Colts. Now, I wasn't expecting Philip Rivers to throw for over 300 yards, but like I said, the running game, they average five and a half yards a carry, which is, you know, that's great for a day. Um, you know, Pittman for the Colts had a good year, the, the young wide receiver of theirs. He's definitely a guy worth paying attention to for years to come. Now, who... Whoever does become quarterback next year will probably be a big deal in terms of whether he, you know, can put up gr- uh, good numbers next year. I mean, for a rookie, as he was, for a second round pick, you know, he had only had forty catches, like five hundred yards. Uh, that's a decent year for a rookie. I'm sure he's going to be called upon to do a lot more come next year. Um, to, you know, be uh, like a supplement wide receiver to T.Y. Hilton, who also had a very... He, I mean, he had a kind of average season, but when it started off, for T.Y. Hilton, there was a lot of questions about, you know, what's going on with him. Can he and Phillip Rivers, like, find the connection or whatever? But, you know, ultimately, T.Y. Hilton is still a pretty good wide receiver in the league. So there will be weapons there coming next year. Buffalo, on the other hand, um, you know, they get their uh, first playoff win in was it, a few years now. I mean, it's good to see, you know, Josh Allen perform well. He was 26-35. Great. 324 through the air. He, he also had two touchdowns. And I mean, whenever he had to make a play for Buffalo, he was able to. I mean, there was a play. Uh, I can't remember which play. I think it was like in the third. When he, when he dropped back, it looked like the Colts had him for a sack. He was able to kind of spin out, roll to his left, which is, you know, tougher for a right-handed quarterback to roll to your left to then have to turn your body and make a throw but he threw one along the sideline which was a complete dart where the receiver was able to go up come down in bounds and then go out and I feel like that play right there showed kind of the maturation of Josh Allen and where he's come from when he first started you remember when he was drafted he was a guy that some analysts wondered if he would ever be accurate enough to really be a game-changing quarterback in the league because he always had mobility, but, you know, mobility as a quarterback can only get you so far unless you're like crazy, uh, like speedy running the ball and all that. So, you know, he's he's transformed into a quarterback that can run, but looks to beat you with his arm first. And, you know, for Buffalo, this is probably going to be uh, first playoff win of many to come in Josh Allen's career you know injuries not being accounted for of course but 
Buffalo really does look like they have built something there. Sean McDermott, you have to give him all the credit. You know, he's turned that Bills franchise around, and now they are a team that's going to be looking to win every year. They have a good shot making the Super Bowl this year, as they've showed. You know, going 13-3 and in the regular season, they get their first playoff win, which probably takes a lot of um, pressure off their shoulders and all that. So, um, you know, Stefan Diggs did his thing over 100 yards receiving. And we've already known that he and Josh Allen have a great connection. I mean, Diggs is the guy that Josh Allen looks to a lot, at least for, you know, the big plays. In terms of catches, Cole Beasley led the team in catches with seven. Cole Beasley's the security blanket where, you know, use him to uh, get those tough first downs and all that. So the Bills definitely go into next week looking at. So I guess the scenario is with the Bills being the two seed, they get the higher remaining seed of I guess the winner of Tennessee and Baltimore Pittsburgh and Cleveland so they would most likely play I guess the Steelers so if the favorites win well the higher seeds win then Buffalo plays Steelers next week if the lower seeds to win I guess they would get Cleveland. No. Yeah. Oh, they got Baltimore then. Yeah, so they don't really know who they're playing until probably after the first game. They'll have a better idea who they might play, but right, Buffalo definitely showed me something yesterday, and they definitely look like a real threat to Kansas City in the AFC playoffs, so Moving on to the next game, we had Rams and the Seahawks. Oh yeah, and let's see, I did pick Buffalo in this game, so that was that was good. But Rams Seahawks was I don't know, how, how do I put this one? It did not go the way I thought it was going to go. I did pick the Seahawks to win this game. Now. Mainly because with the whole golf injury thing, I wasn't really sure if the whole, you know, talk about him possibly playing and all that. I thought that might have been Sean McVay trying to play games with Seattle to, you know, have them really prepare for golf only for Wolford to play. Wolford did start, end up getting hurt. Golf came in and... You know, Goff went 9 for 19. He threw for 155 in a touchdown pass. But where the Seahawks really, I guess, led me down in this was uh, they let Akers go for 131 on 28 carries. That's almost five yards a carry, which I assumed when this game came was about to start. I thought the sea, uh, the Seahawks was going to play the run and force Wolford or whatever to beat them through the air. Apparently that didn't happen because the running game was effective against them. And then um, 
You know, like Cup Woods had four catches each. So, like I said, the passing game wasn't that big of a deal as there was only 12 passes completed by Rams quarterbacks. So, they were just able to beat them on the ground. And then defensively, the Rams were flying all over the place. Um, they did something yesterday that I did not think Russell was, Russell Wilson was capable of, where they picked off a simple wide receiver screen from Russell Wilson and took it back the other way for a touchdown, which ultimately kind of put the nail in the coffin for the Seahawks because plays like that are just demoralizing. When you go to the line and call a simple wide receiver screen, you're expecting it to be kind of a, you know, like a giveaway play for the defense where they'll let the receiver catch it and then... You know, you kind of see what happens from there, but I can't remember who the corner was. Uh, hold on a second. It was, I can tell you who it was. Where is he? Darius Williams. That's who it was. Yes. Where I think he was throwing the quick out to Lockett and Metcalf was supposed to block Williams, but... I don't know, miscommunication, or he was just slow getting there. Williams shot the gap, made the pick, ran it back the other way, 42 yards. Like I said, that was was kind of it for Seattle. And then looking at Seattle, Wilson had a... I mean, for Russell Wilson standards, it was a terrible day. Well, actually, for most quarterbacks. I mean, going 11 for 27 is terrible. Only throwing for one... 74... That's not good enough, especially for a team that coming in, you knew couldn't really run the ball that well. Now, Chris Carson had a decent day, 16 carries, 77 yards. I mean, for Seattle, that's probably as much as you could expect from him. Russell Wilson gave you 50 yards in the ground on four scrambles, so he definitely helped pad the rushing rushing numbers for the team. But you take Wilson's production out, they had like what, 21 carries for 86 yards. That's decent. Uh, right, Metcalf led the team five catches. That's expected. But now, I mean, looking on the season, definitely a failure for the Seahawks. Um you know, late in the year, they did show signs that this was possible of them going one and done in the playoffs because their offense really took a dip late in the year. Not really sure what happened there. I mean, we all know that Russell Wilson's been used to playing with kind of below average offensive lines, but it seemed like it really, I don't know, like it became a new low at the end of the year. Defensively, I thought the Seahawks were coming on late. That's why I went with them. But now we hear that Jamal Adams played with like a torn peck and all this kind of stuff. So, on to next year for the Seahawks. Uh, Pete Carroll. I mean, I guess Pete Carroll's kind of safe there. But you got to wonder. I mean, see, Pete Carroll is the oldest coach in the league. And... I do think the Seahawks are going to have to make some changes. They're going to have to really 
fix this offensive line, though. That's that's a real issue. Because Wilson took, well, was sacked five times yesterday, plus the other hits he takes. He's not that big of a guy. So, at a certain point, they got to fix figure out what's wrong with this offensive line and get it together if they want to keep having success and keep putting themselves in opportunities to make the playoffs. And for the Rams, you know, another week, you would think Goff would feel a little better next week than he did yesterday. And then when they go into next week where right now they'd have to play the Packers and you know to go against Green Bay, Green Bay can put up points. They're going to need a healthy Goff back there. Plus the running game, if the running game, well, Akers himself can produce the way he did today, that'd be a big plus for them. So definitely a matchup that's interesting on paper right now. Once again, depending on what happens with the Saints and the Bears, it looks like Rams will play the Packers next week. But wait till next week to preview that game. So on in the next one, which was the nightcap. And when I talked about this game, this was the game that looked like the... Uh, I guess the biggest chance for a blowout where we had Tampa Bay, Washington football team. We all know about Tampa Bay. They have, you know, Brady. um, Fournette had a big game. Actually, I didn't see Ronald Jones yesterday. He must be hurt. I can't remember. But, yeah, he didn't play, so it was Fournette. And Fournette had a good day. He looked like a rookie Jaguar Fournette. 19 carries, 93 yards. Great day for him. But Tampa Bay is all about the passing game. And as I said, the challenge for Washington was going to be able to cover all these weapons with Evans, Godwin, Brown. Well, Scotty Miller only had one catch. Gronk, let's talk about that. He only was targeted once, didn't have a catch. Interesting there, because Gronk usually performs well in the playoffs, but I gotta tell you, from watching the game, I kind of forgot Gronk was on the team, so Washington did do that. But Cameron Brait had a good game. We had four catches, 80 yards. So he was the tight end of choice for last night. Um, so going into the game, I think by the think when I did my broadcast, I thought Alex Smith was going to play. And I believe shortly after I finished, they said Alex Smith had been downgraded to out. So it was going to be, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but like, Heineke, I think. Taylor Heineke. And why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Before Sarah discovered ChumbaCasino.com, she enjoyed chamomile tea. Come on, big jackpot. And being in PJs by six. Let's go. The new fun Sarah often thinks about the old boring Sarah. Yes. And wonders if that Sarah ever really existed. Chumba Casino has over a hundred casino style games. So join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. No purchase necessary. We were created by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like I remember him a little bit because I think at one point he was on like the Patriots practice squad, but he didn't really elevate more than that. So didn't really know much about him. I got to say for him, first playoff experience going up against Tom Brady, which Tom Brady was great. 22 of 40 isn't great, but he had 381 through the air. Two touchdowns, no picks. Buccaneers will take that any day. So Heineke on the other side going up against that. Pulled off 26 of 44. 306. He had a touchdown. He did have an interception, but that was, you know, not 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 that big of a deal. He also gave him 46 yards on the ground and you know, ultimately, Washington's efforts came up short. They lost 31-23, to but it was a great showing for a team coming in at 7-9. You know, they had nothing. Uh, they don't have any reasons to play it close to the vest or anything. They're playing with house money, All you know, all those cliches they use. So, I think one thing coming out of this for Washington is going into next year, I kind of expect Ron Rivera to probably give Heineke every opportunity to become the starter there. Don't know what, I mean, I don't know what to expect from Alex Smith. This could be a thing where, you know, he's had a long career. He's dealt with a lot. And maybe this was it for him. I don't know. But if he does come back, you know, I could see it. We're definitely going to next season's an open competition between the two of them. I would not be shocked if Heineke won the job because I did see a lot in that game last night where, you know, he looked like a pro quarterback. Well, of course he's a pro quarterback, but I mean, he looked like a starter type quarterback. And from some of the guys that they put out there before him with, you know, Brandon Allen about Dwayne Haskins who's gone of course they had I think what Kyle Allen too Heineke's look like the most promising of that group and I think he deserves the job outside of him running game eh, they weren't able to really do much on the ground Cam Sims balled out seven catches 104 yards he was Clearly, Meineke's, I'm Meineke, good Lord, Heineke's <laughs> uh, favorite target. But McLaurin still got his six catches. Logan Thomas, five catches. And Logan Thomas is a great story to me. Virginia Tech quarterback that they turn into tight end. And it seems like he's he really came into his own this year. And I think will be even better next year. So I think there's a lot of positivity with this Washington football team going into next year and that's credit to Ron Rivera because he's done a great job there for his first year 
and I'm expecting him to even build upon this next year. And then Tampa Bay, getting back to them real quick. Um, I mean, this is a performance that if you're a Bucks fan, you know, it gives you a lot of promise that this is a team that can make a deep playoff run. Now, it is good that with the Rams win, the Bucks uh, will get to avoid the Packers for another round. And if they, you know, beat, uh, let's see. So if the Bears beat the Saints, the Bears would go to Green Bay. Tampa gets the Rams. If the Saints win, then Tampa gets the Saints and then the Rams get Green Bay. So either they get a third matchup with the Saints or they face the Rams. And you would think after this performance, of course, depending on what the Saints do against the Bears, the Bucks will most likely be the favorite going into next week's matchup and hopefully setting the stage for Brady Rodgers NFC title game. So that's the action from yesterday. Now let's get into the action of today. Um, the first game, Baltimore, Tennessee. And I was going to quickly recap, I would quickly preview these games because, you know, just to get this going along here, but. Baltimore, Tennessee, we already know what this game's about. Tennessee, you have uh, Derrick Henry, ran for over 2,000 yards, became the eighth running back to do so. So, you know, they want to run the ball. Baltimore, we know they run the ball with pretty much everybody but John Harbaugh at this point. You get to worry about Lamar Jackson in the backfield, J.K. Dobbins, um, Gus Edwards, I was going to say Mark Ingram, but I feel like I haven't heard from Mark Ingram in weeks now. So I don't even know what his value is to the team at this point. But they they come at you with at least a three-headed attack. Um, Baltimore did bring in Calais Campbell in the offseason, clearly for matchups like this. Because Calais Campbell is a, I mean, he's a giant of a man. He's like six, he's like six eight or something. He's a great run stuffer, and that's definitely what you're going to need it going up against a Derrick Henry-led offense. And so like I said, Baltimore comes in. They rush for almost 200 yards a game, which is crazy to think about. I think like 191. Tennessee is number two in the league. They rush for like one... I think it's like 170 a game. So expect this one to be uh, time and possession both ways. Methodical drives down the field. It's probably going to come down to which team can convert on those long drives to touchdowns instead of settling for field goals once they get into the red zone. Now, Tannehill is definitely the better passer between him and Lamar Jackson. So if one team is able to stop the other team's rushing attack, I would have more faith in Tannehill being able to carry the load and put points on the board over Jackson. But 
I mean, I think both teams will have enough success on the ground that that probably won't. It probably won't come down to that. This, I mean, this is gonna be a tough one to call. Um, Baltimore is the favorite coming in. I mean, as the, I guess that's the lower seed. That's a little shocking here, but I'm gonna go with Tennessee in this one. I think. I think Derrick Henry is going to be too tough to stop for Baltimore, and I think Tannehill is going to be able to make some plays in the passing game to get it done for them. Second game of the day is Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this is one of those games that I talked about earlier. We'll talk about yesterday. One of those matchups of divisional rivals facing each other in the playoffs again. So it's the third matchup, which means, you know, the teams know each other. I mean, it's it's plain and simple. Cleveland's going to come into this one with Stefanski not on the sideline as he is going to be watching the game from home since he's on uh, COVID-19 protocol and all that. That is a big loss for them. I do think it's kind of being overblown. Uh, with the media coverage because it's not like they're replacing him with a guy who hasn't been there all year so I mean yes it's a different voice in the headset but I, I mean I would I would think it was a big thing like I said if it was just a brand new coach but it, it shouldn't be that big of a deal They said they yeah they elevated the special teams coordinator, and then the offensive coordinator is just going to be calling the plays anyway. So, you know, not not that big of a deal. Um, Pittsburgh is going to be with Roethlisberger having an up and down season. At times, looking like his arm was completely shot. Other times, he looked like vintage Roethlisberger. Which Roethlisberger does Pittsburgh get? Defensively, can T.J. Watt lead that defensive line and create havoc and get into the backfield and make Baker Mayfield uncomfortable? Then switching around to Cleveland real quick. Can Baker Mayfield? Well, clearly Nick Chubb's going to be the most important. Well, and Kareem Hunt. The running game is going to be important for Cleveland because if they get going and they put up yards and perform well enough and force the Steelers to play run. Then Mayfield can beat them, play action pass, you know, with Jarvis Landry out there and Austin Hooper, the tight end they gave good money to. Um, that's kind of the two big targets for him, but it's going to be interesting. Pittsburgh, switching back to them. They can't run the ball, it seems like. As with Ross, with Roethlisberger being limited mobility-wise, they play mostly shotgun, and they struggle running out of shotgun. So this is gonna be an interesting matchup. Um, Pittsburgh comes in as the favorite in this one. I gotta tell you, I'm picking the underdog again in this one. I think Cleveland gets it done. I like Cleveland's. I like Cleveland's team better than Pittsburgh's 
group that they got out there. Big thing with Cleveland, though, is they have to contain uh, Claypool, who's kind of the big downfield threat, and then make sure Smith Schuster doesn't go go in and you know, go wild. So, interesting matchup. I think the Browns will be able to overcome Stefanski not being there. I think they get the win over Pittsburgh and move on to play. So, I guess for the time being, it looks like they'll probably play Kansas City. But I'm taking Cleveland in that one. And the final game of the day, Saints-Bears. Now, this is probably like the least intriguing playoff matchup of wildcard weekend. Only because, you know, the Bears 8-8 eight and eight team, we all chronicled their struggles at quarterback between Foles and Trubisky and all that, but I gotta say, Trubisky's played well the last couple of weeks. I think the Bears actually have a good shot in this one. Um, it, I mean, that is depending upon Trubisky playing the way he did before where he you know, drops back, makes the right decision when scanning the defense, and then if it's not there, not being afraid to make plays with his legs. He is an athletic guy. He's a great running quarterback. I do think sometimes he's afraid to do it. When he's struggling, he won't scramble. When he's on, he'll look to make plays with his legs. So hopefully that's the Bears team that we get today because I do want it to be a competitive game. But if we get the skittish scared Trubisky back there, then this could turn into a laugher pretty soon. So, hope that doesn't happen. Saints basically keep Khalil Mack out of um, Drew Brees' face. That's that's pretty much the Saints game plan. Because uh, for them, you know, if, if Breeze gets time, then you can find Kamara coming out of the backfield. You have Michael Thomas, who I think this, I think I heard like this is the first game Kamara and Thomas will be on the field in almost like 10, 11 weeks or something, which is crazy to me. But we all know Michael Thomas went through that whole thing where was he hurt? Was he not? team disciplining him why was he playing all this kind of stuff so whatever but it's playoff time they're both playing um so the bears hopefully if khalil mack can put pressure on breeze it takes a little pressure off the secondary to cover uh thomas was uh tied in jared cook emmanuel sanders who's the deep threat and then camaro as the safety valve coming out of the backfield, a lot for the Bears to take in, but Mac can change all that. I mean, not just Mac; he has what Robert Quinn up front with him as well. Those two guys who put pressure on Breeze, then the Bears' defense has a better shot. The Saints, when Breeze was out and Taysom Hill took over, and even when Breeze came back for the first game, their defense really picked it up. So if that defense can put pressure on Trubisky, then you know Trubisky will make 
bad decisions and probably turn the ball over a couple of times. I mean, it is a home game for the Saints, so weather is not an issue. Allen Robinson is Trubisky's big play target. So if Robinson has a good game, that could be a little bit of trouble for the Saints. Like I said, I think it's going to be a closer game than people think. But I'm going to take the Saints here to win it and set up Saints-Bucks next week. So once again, recap. Winners for today, I'm taking the Titans and Browns, the two underdogs in the AFC. I'm taking the favorite Saints in the NFC. So there you go. There's my... Recap of last night's wildcard action plus previewing today's action. Like I said, three games today. Great day for football. Hope you enjoyed. I know I will. So now, just looking ahead to the week ahead in terms of episodes for you guys. Um, I have, I did push the like social issue and sports episode I'm pushing that one to tomorrow. I'll start off the week with that one. Um, So that's Monday. And then we'll get into... Let's see. Well, of course, we'll have to recap what happens today. Some point next week. So that's going to be coming up. I've got NBA stuff where... I want to talk about the Ball Brothers uh, this week as well. Lamelo became the youngest player to record a triple double, and I have some thoughts about him versus uh, kind of Lonzo's progression, and you know, just a bunch of stuff. Plus, oh yeah, I forgot we have the college football championship game tomorrow. So I probably have to talk about that tomorrow. Push the social issues of one again to like Tuesday or something, but you know, there's a lot coming so. Hopefully you guys will tune in, check all that out. So once again, thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Follow the show, Facebook page, search Chomping at the Bit. Like it. You can follow there. That way, whenever I do release episodes, you get them from there. Go to Twitter, at Chomping Podcast. Follow the show there. Interact with me. I have a poll up right now asking... Uh, who your Super Bowl favorite is. So you can go there, answer the poll, let me know what you think. Probably give the results of that at some point this week. And wherever you are listening, please hit the subscribe button. That would definitely help out a lot. And um, yeah, hope your 2021 is going well so far. I know there's a lot going on, but just hopefully you're being safe. So it's going to be safe out there. God bless, and I'll catch you on the next episode. All right. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 